Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. All the evidence indicates Mr. Wood was a mild-mannered, inoffensive man. There was no evidence of him having attacked you or having the opportunity to defend himself. There was evidence of gratuitous violence and humiliation before the killing. Judge James Fingret, Reading Crown Court, October 2004. Welcome to They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 31st in a series of bonus episodes. David Harris decided to visit a family friend at their flat on Gairn Close in Tylehurst, Reading. It was not a social visit, more one of concern. 31-year-old Michael Wood had not been seen or heard from in several days. This was very uncharacteristic of Woody, as he was more commonly known. He was a sociable person. Unfortunately, the man described as quiet and likeable was often subjected to cruel jibes and taunts when he left his home. Woody was short in stature, standing at around five feet one inches tall. He was thin and sometimes walked with a limp. Despite the abuse, Woody's friends said he was kind and gentle, someone who avoided confrontation. 
When David Harris arrived at Woody's flat on Wednesday, March 28, 2001, to check on his friend, he knocked on the door. Unsettled when he received no response, David decided to pop in uninvited, just to ensure everything was okay. He walked through the property, and to his surprise, it seemed empty. That was until David entered Woody's bedroom. He was horrified. Woody was lying on his bed, face up and fully clothed, with a white bone-handled knife sticking out of his chest. His face was cut in several places, and there was a large blood stain on the bedding beneath him. David Harris hurriedly alerted the emergency services, who quickly arrived at the scene. It was evident there had been a violent and frenzied attack in the bedroom. Blood spatter was found 70 centimetres above the bed, indicating that blood had been cast off from the killer's weapon as they rained down repeated blows. Woody had been stabbed numerous times in the head, back and chest, and the tip of a serrated blade was found embedded in his forehead. A broken knife was found concealed in a cardboard box underneath the bed. During the post-mortem, the pathologist found more minor injuries around the puncture wounds to the victim's chest leading investigators to wonder if the victim had been tortured before he was killed. There was evidence he had been beaten as well as stabbed. The murder shocked the community in Tilehurst. No one could conceive of how Michael Wood could have got into a fight with anyone. He avoided conflict and was never abrasive or combative. His friend Tracy Long recalled, Woody didn't like arguments. If you raised your voice, it scared him, and he got frightened very easily. He wouldn't stick up for himself, and he hated violence. As investigators began asking questions about the life of Michael Wood they discovered that he was said to have a drinking problem. It was something he developed when he was around 18, but his mother Sylvia Stevens explained that this never caused him to become aggressive or violent. Although Woody had been killed in a brutal attack, there were no signs of forced entry at his flat, which led detectives to believe he had been killed by someone he knew. Interviews with his loved ones and acquaintances were conducted, but the murder inquiry stalled as no one had any idea who the killer might be. That was until mid-June, when new witnesses came forward. Detectives were told that Woody had last been seen alive outside his home the day before his body was found, on Tuesday, March 27th at around 10.30am. This was despite not being seen by his friends and family for some time. The police heard that during this period, 
The driver of a red saloon-style car was seen nearby on D Road acting suspiciously. Another witness would then come forward to say they had spotted Woody in Lyon Square at around 4pm that day, almost half a mile away. As a result, the driver of the red vehicle was eliminated from the inquiry. One of the investigators on the case, Detective Inspector Steve Kirkpatrick, stated, The witness said Michael was coming down the steps as if to head home. He knew Michael by sight and is certain it was him. We are obviously very keen to speak to anyone who saw him that afternoon or knows where he went after leaving the shops and if he met up with anyone. Every piece of information we receive helps us build a clearer picture of the events leading up to his death. Numerous individuals had been questioned and released pending further inquiries, but the police were no closer to finding the killer, even after offering a £5,000 reward for information. In January 2002, almost one year after the murder, detectives began a thorough search of the woods off D Road to try and locate Woody's mobile phone. Speaking with the Evening Post, Detective Superintendent Ewan Reed said that a white man aged in his 30s had been spotted near the murder scene on the evening of Tuesday, March 27th. It was believed he had been holding something and left the area in a medium-sized saloon car in the direction of D Road. It was there standing by the woods, where he could have disposed of evidence. Detective Superintendent Reed stated, The significance of this information has only come into focus in the last few weeks. We have got to identify who that person was. They were at the address at or near the time I believe Woody was murdered. Our thoughts on the motive remain open, but we are certainly sticking to the theory it was somebody who knew him and that it was unplanned. We are closer than we have ever been because we know so much more about everybody involved. We will carry on. In an effort to draw out more witnesses, the reward was doubled to £10,000, the highest amount offered by the local police force at the time. Unfortunately, after two days of searching the woodland, the police failed to locate Woody's phone. Detective Inspector Steve Kirkpatrick reassured the public that the Thames Valley Constabulary would continue in their efforts to find the killer or killers. We have found items, but we need to assess what we have found. They did about half of what we're intending to do, and so the search will continue today and perhaps into tomorrow. We have never given up, and we won't give up. We believe we are closer to catching the person or persons responsible than ever. Like his colleague, D.I. Kirkpatrick announced that the police were looking for someone that knew the victim. 
the detective pleaded to anyone with information to speak with the police. D.I. Kirkpatrick said, We believe that the person or persons responsible for killing Michael knew him well, and therefore we believe there's someone in the community who knows who it is. We are trying to encourage that person to come forward, and it is quite a substantial amount of money leading to the conviction of the killer or killers. It is a close community, and over the last few months, people have been continuing to come forward and help us. Approximately one week after the searches on D Road, officers raided two addresses. They arrested a 51-year-old man, a 41-year-old man and a 31-year-old woman in connection with the murder. But within days, all three were released without charge, bringing the total number of people arrested and questioned to eight. As the second anniversary of Woody's death came and went, Detective Sergeant Mark Davies made another public appeal, describing how the killer or killers had gone unpunished. The officer felt relationships could have changed, so people who knew something might feel able to speak up. D.S. Davies said, There is a killer still out there, and we believe there are people who have information who have not yet come forward to us. There is always a chance that someone with information may have changed loyalties and feel they can now speak. Michael was quite vulnerable and well-liked, and he was killed in an unprovoked and cowardly attack, possibly by people who knew him. We owe it to Michael and those who knew him to bring the killers to justice. I would urge people who have information who have not yet come forward to do so as soon as possible. All calls will be treated in confidence. Three and a half years would pass since Michael Wood was murdered. As the months ticked by, it had seemed increasingly unlikely the case would ever be solved. However, surprisingly, investigators finally made a breakthrough after the arrest of a 21-year-old father of two with 41 previous convictions. Nicholas Ward, who had been just 18 years old at the time of Woody's murder, had supposedly confessed to numerous people in the years since Woody was killed. A narrative was formed around the night in question, that implied the victim had been killed over something as minimal as 50 pence. Witness 19-year-old Dean Bishop divulged in an interview that he had been at Woody's flat with Nicholas Ward on the night of the murder. Ward instigated a trivial argument with Woody, accusing him of trading a videotape he had loaned him for 50p for a bottle of cider. Bishop said he was ordered to take the alcohol and wait in the car. A short time later, Ward joined him. 
Ward's then-girlfriend Amanda O'Connell, who lived with Ward and his brother Ashley, around half a mile away on Helmsdale Close, told the police that Ward had come home on the night of Tuesday, March 27, 2001, and appeared extremely anxious. Amanda O'Connell remarked, He was crying and shaking. He told me that someone had been beaten up in the alley and went on to say Woody had been stabbed. I think he might have said it was in Woody's flat. Amanda could not recall if Ward had admitted to stabbing Woody, but she described how Nicholas Ward had told her that Woody was, quote, stabbed once in the heart area and it made a funny noise, like a squelching noise. Ward then took a black-handled knife from his pocket and showed it to Amanda. She thought, he said, I think this is what stabbed Woody. Amanda O'Connell believed her then-partner had killed Woody because he kept speaking about the noise it made when the victim was stabbed in the heart. Once in custody, investigators questioned Nicholas Ward. Following his arrest, they compared his fingerprints and DNA to evidence gathered in the case. His DNA profile was found on four cigarette butts recovered from the home, and his fingerprints were also discovered at the scene. In two statements given to the police, Ward tried to blame someone else for the murder, although he admitted that he had been present at the time. Ward claimed that a man called Jimmy Baker, who had been the prime suspect for over a year, had beaten and stabbed Woody after a row in the victim's home. Baker had beaten and bullied Woody in the past, so the police had questioned him about the murder, but the evidence pointed towards Nicholas Ward. Ward was subsequently charged with murder, and as he awaited trial, another brutal killing took place close to home. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. As the Crown Prosecution Service were compiling witnesses to testify against Nicholas Ward, they spoke with his brother's girlfriend, Lamara Walton. Around the time of the murder, Lamara had lived with the Ward brothers and Nicholas Ward's then-girlfriend, Amanda O'Connell. However, Amanda had ended things with the accused killer and moved to Didcot, where she began a relationship with another man, 33-year-old Mark Chenela. In April 2004, as the prosecution was building its case, detectives had given Lamara Walton a mobile phone to keep in contact with them, as they wanted her to testify at the murder trial. 22-year-old Ashley Ward was furious and accused his then-girlfriend of being a grass. On April 2nd, Ward and Mark Chenela were drinking and smoking cannabis together at Ward's flat on Nuffield Close in Didcot. At some point, Ward began to argue with Lamara, and the verbal abuse soon became physical. Ward threw a pint glass at Lamara before pushing her to the floor where he began to punch and kick her. Chenler managed to intervene and told Amara that she should go to his home on Roebuck Court. Chenler's girlfriend, Amanda O'Connell, was at the property. Amara managed to pull herself up from the floor and fled. She was followed not long after by Ashley Ward, with Mark Chenler close behind. A heavily pregnant Amanda O'Connell tried to stop Ward from entering the property and attacking Lamara, 
but he pushed her out of the way and kept trying to provoke her. In fear, Amanda and Lamara tried to lock themselves in the bathroom, but Ward would not let them close the door. Lamara later said, He had his fingers around the edge of the door and told me if we closed the door on his fingers, he was going to kill me. Mark Chenneler once again tried to intervene, but Ashley Ward would not listen. Lamara recalled, Mark told Ashley that he had to stop it or get out. Ashley told Mark to stay out of his problems. The men got into an altercation, and during the scuffle, Ashley Ward was stabbed in the left side of the neck, leaving a seven-centimetre wound that caused severe blood loss. As he bled out in the entrance to an upstairs bedroom, Chenela ran out of the back of the home and jumped over a fence before throwing the knife into some bushes. By the time the emergency services arrived, Ashley Ward was dead. As officers searched the area for Mark Chenela and the sound of sirens filled the air, they spoke to neighbours who lived on the terrace street, including Anne Owen. She told reporters, The first I knew something was wrong was when the police knocked on my door asking questions. Although I did hear a helicopter overhead, and I thought something was going on. This is a quiet street, and there has never been any trouble. So this incident has come as a shock to a lot of people around here. At around 4.45am, officers spotted Mark Chenler and arrested him. He was charged with murder the following day and remanded into custody. Legal proceedings for Michael Wood's murder would take place later that year. 21-year-old Nicholas Ward whose brother had been killed apparently over an argument in connection with the case, denied the charge at Reading Crown Court before Judge James Fingret. Prosecutor Simon Draycott QC told the jury that on the night of the murder, the defendant had accused Michael Woody Woods of trading a videotape he had loaned him for a bottle of cider before an argument broke out. Draycott explained that Ashley Ward told his best friend Dean Bishop to take the cider and wait in the car outside. The prosecutor said, Ward returned 10 to 15 minutes later. During that time, the prosecution says he beat up Mr. Wood and killed him. The prosecutor described how Ward had confessed to at least six people and provided details that only the killer would know. Aside from the testimony of witnesses to whom Ward allegedly confessed, there was also DNA and fingerprint evidence placing Ward at the scene of the crime. Amanda O'Connell, who had witnessed Ashley Ward get stabbed to death six months prior, testified at her ex-partner's trial under the name Witness B. Her anonymity was subsequently lifted after the legal proceedings were over. 
Amanda told the court that she had seen Ward in a state of distress on the night the murder had taken place, and he had spoken in detail about the noise he heard when Woody was stabbed through the heart. She agreed that Ward had also tried to tell her that Jimmy Baker had committed the crime. Ward's barrister Daniel Janna QC argued that some of the evidence pointed to Baker's involvement. Janet told the jury that Ward had written statements in prison detailing the night in question. He described being with Jimmy Baker at Woody's flat when a fight broke out, and the victim was beaten and then stabbed. Janna said, You may think he did not want to grass on a man like Jimmy Baker, who he witnessed causing these highly unusual wounds. Counsel for the defence argued that Baker had attacked Woody in the past and asked the jury who had form for beating Woody. Nicholas Ward did not take the stand in his own defence, but his barrister tried to discredit the prosecution witnesses, who, he argued, had changed their accounts a number of times. On Monday, October 4th, 2004, the jury returned with a verdict. They found Nicholas Ward guilty of murder when he stabbed Michael Wood to death seven times. Ward was facing an automatic life sentence, fully aware that his brother Ashley had died at the hands of someone with a knife. Judge James Fingeret sentenced Nicholas Ward to a minimum of 14 years in prison. Speaking outside after the verdict, Detective Inspector Kirkpatrick told Berkshire Live, It has been a long and protracted investigation, and we are naturally pleased with the verdict. We hope it goes some way to provide comfort to the family of Mr. Wood. His mother was relieved at the verdict, but quite speechless. She said while it would not bring Michael back, it has removed the question mark of who killed him. Mark Chenler's trial began in January 2005 at Oxford Crown Court. Prosecutor Richard Latham QC told the jury that Ashley Ward and Mark Cheneller had met with Lamara Walton after she finished work at around 4pm on Friday, April 2nd, 2004. They went to a friend's, where they drank until 9pm before making their way to Ashley Ward's home on Nuffield Close in Didcot. It was there where Chenela first witnessed Ashley attack Lamara. The prosecutor said, It seems part of the resentment between the two was that Lamara was due to be a witness for the prosecution in a criminal trial that involved Ward's brother. He was accusing her of being a grass. Lamara followed Chenela's suggestion that she should go to his home but Ashley and Cheneller arrived soon after and the fighting continued. Richard Latham QC told the court, 
We suggest by this stage, and it may have been justifiable, he was angry. He told Mr. Ward to calm down. Lamara Walton testified that she had seen Ashley Ward and Mark Cheneller strangle each other upstairs before witnessing Cheneller make a stabbing motion toward Ashley Ward's neck. Ashley fell to the ground and blood quickly pulled around him. After his arrest, Mark Cheneller told the police that Ashley Ward had been, quote, up and down and threatened to kill Lamara Walton. He claimed that after they fought, the pair ended up in the kitchen, where he noticed that Ashley had a knife. Chandler explained that he was afraid Ashley would stab him, but he managed to get the knife from his friend. He described feeling a warmth on his hand, and it was then he realised that he had stabbed Ashley. He claimed that he fled out of fear and argued he was only acting in self-defence. The prosecution contended that there was no evidence of a struggle in the kitchen and that the stabbing had in fact taken place upstairs. The jurors were asked to decide whether or not Mark Chenela had acted in self-defence or if he had intentionally killed Ashley Ward. Jurors returned with their verdict on January 17th, 2005, and Mark Cheneller was acquitted of murder, but found guilty of manslaughter. Before sentencing Cheneller to five years in prison, the presiding judge Julian Hall said... You got involved in someone else's quarrel. You tried to rescue Miss Walton. The jury found you were provoked into doing this by the way he was behaving earlier in the evening. Ashley Ward's mother was disappointed with the sentence, but understood how the jury had arrived at that decision. So where are we now? On Monday, October 14th, 2019, a spokesperson from the Thames Valley Police announced that Nicholas Ward, who was convicted of the murder of Michael Wood, had not returned to an open prison the previous evening. Ward had been moved to Spring Hill Open Prison in Buckinghamshire after serving 15 years of a life sentence, but was under a strict curfew. Appealing to the public, the police spokesperson said, Nicholas Ward, aged 36 years, failed to return from day release at 6pm last night. Ward is a white man of medium build with short brown greying hair and blue eyes. He has four piercings in his ears and the initials JA tattooed on his left arm. His left hand is tattooed with dots and cross weapons. Detective Constable Kevin Godding appealed to anyone who knew of Ward's whereabouts to make the police aware and warn the public... If you see him, do not approach him. 
but call 999 immediately. A search was called off the following day, when Nicholas Ward was located and arrested on suspicion of absconding from lawful custody. The current status of Ward's whereabouts is unknown. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our patrons for their support. To hear ad-free versions of our episodes published several days before their general release, subscribe to They Walk Among Us Plus. Head to patreon.com forward slash They Walk Among Us, or search for They Walk Among Us on Apple Podcasts to learn more. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.